Welcome to the My Best Mom Friend Podcast. My name is Sandra, and I'm the virtual mom bestie you didn't know you needed. Grab a cup, make yourself comfortable, and allow me to spill the tea on motherhood. Let's talk about being with a sick child. It's so fun, isn't it? No, I'm kidding. It's literally so freaking hard. And it's so hard for moms because often we're sick at the same time or we get it right after they start to feel better. And so either way, we're taking care of a sick child and also not really feeling great. And literally, I think being sick and taking care of your child, whether the child is sick or not, is one of the hardest things. Like, do you remember before we had kids when we were able to wallow in our sickness and lay in bed have someone bring us soup, snack, and binge watch trash TV on Netflix and just take naps in and out. Like, do you remember that? I don't. (laughs) That is such a distant memory. But anyway, my son had a nanny until he was 15 months old. And then he started daycare January 2021. Yes, 2021. So it's already like six season, right? So he's 15 months old. My entire pregnancy with him, which I found out in February 2020, so literally pregnant during the absolute height of COVID, never got COVID. Then the next 15 months of his life, we didn't get COVID. So how many months is that? What's 15 plus nine? I don't know. It's like 20 some, almost 30 months probably. Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. Anyway, math is not my specialty, okay? So we went a very long time. So probably what, like two years? Yeah, about two years, not ever once getting COVID. It was insane. But what I will say is there was really bad anxiety for me around the fact that we hadn't had it and the possibility of not so much me catching it, but my son catching it. And obviously if I if I catch it, like he'll likely get it. So I just was very anxious all the time. Like if we went somewhere and just because I feel like we still didn't really know how it would affect, um, little kids. So it was almost like this sounds so bad, especially because, you know, people, there are so many fatalities from COVID, but once my son got it, and he was totally fine. It like, it was like living in a new world because I suddenly felt like we could go anywhere and I didn't have to be worried about him getting COVID because he had it. It's like in his system. Hopefully it won't happen again for a little while. And he, it was like a one day thing. So it like lifted all this anxiety that I had. But my point though is we made it for 15 months of his life and my entire pregnancy not getting COVID, we start daycare in January and during week two or three, he comes home with COVID, I get COVID, and yeah. So daycare freaking sucks when it comes to germs. If you're currently in that season of your first year of daycare, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or If you're in year two or three, I'm sure you have PTSD thinking about that first year. The germs are insane. These little kids are petri dishes, walking petri dishes. They put 
everything in their mouth, literally every toy gets passed from this slimy child to that one and it immediately goes in their mouth. I don't understand it. Like I understand at certain ages you're like teething, but then like by the time my son started, I think he had almost all of his teeth, like not his back molars. He's two and a half. He still doesn't have those, but like for the most part, they had all their teeth and they're still passing toys around in and out of their mouths. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Can you kids please stop? Like, do you not comprehend germs? Recently, I literally tried to explain germs to my son who keeps putting his like entire hand in his mouth. And I'm just like, why are you doing that? First of all, like he's not just like sucking his thumb. There was a brief period where he was just straight up putting his entire hand in his mouth. And I am constantly telling him to please stop. What are you doing? This is not, this is not in our best interest. (laughs) So yeah, daycare germs. So we were sick constantly. And it's like you kiss your PTO goodbye for the year. And you, I mean, I just remember sitting in his dark nursery because he was so sick and him wanting to just lay on my chest in the rocker and me rocking him in a dark nursery by myself using my PTO time. And obviously we are our child's, you know, mom, and we want to be there for them. But I just had a moment of sitting there like, oh my God, like this is my life now. All of my, what used to be wonderful vacation time is now spent, not even just like a staycation, but being homesick with my child doing nothing. And then they feel better, go back to daycare. And then within a day or two, you're sick. And then because you don't want to take more PTO, unless you're really, really sick, You're just powering through and you're working and you're sick. And I mean, it was just nonstop. As soon as I saw the number from the daycare calling, I was just like, oh no, 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 not again. You know, I almost feel like it was so bad that every time the phone rang, I was like, please don't be the daycare. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we had, honestly, we haven't had everything yet. I think we never got RSV. We did have a very mild case of hand, foot, and mouth, a very mild case of COVID, several colds. I think we had one ear infection. We had some weird uh, breakout of like a rash all over, which was so bizarre. Um, There was one period where he was sick for about two weeks straight with different things. Just it was like his immune system was down and then he caught the next thing and then it was down and then he caught the next thing and it was just... It was a mess and I would talk about this on Instagram and so many more seasoned moms would say, oh, don't worry. In two or three years, he's going to have the strongest immune system and so will you. And it's like, that's cool. Thank you for the advice, but this is a very long year. (laughs) Okay. I don't have endless PTO time to take. So anyway, I will say now in year two, I don't want to jinx it, but it is like day and night of a difference. He has only been homesick one time, I think so far this year, and it's almost May versus like a hundred times last year. Again, I don't want to jinx it, but yeah. Oh, I didn't mention the stomach bug. 
He had the stomach bug one time, which if you listen to my episode about vacationing with a toddler, then you heard the story of his stomach bug that he got literally the moment we arrived at the beach for actual PTO time, mind you. Oh, and then I got three stomach bugs from presumably daycare germs. It was horrible. I had not had a stomach bug since I was 18. And I pray to God that I will never again have to experience one in my entire life because three stomach bugs in a three or four month period was absolute hell. And I am terrified of throwing up. And I'm such a baby when I have a stomach bug. I mean, I never want to do that again. And what's so funny is I always see moms online talking about catching their kids throw up. And it's so weird because you would never do that with someone else. But then it's your kid. You see them throw up. And what do we all do? We literally cup our hands together and try to catch it in our hands, which is so disgusting. But you know what? Despite how terrified I am of throw up, I did it too which blew my mind because I have a pretty slow like general like reaction time to things and I hate throw up like absolutely hate it like even if I throw up and make a mess my husband cleans it up for me and I caught his throw up and it was so gross but anyway so right now it's very timely to talk about this because literally everything is going around it's April two of my friend's kids they happen to also be in the same class, but they were home this week with hand, foot, and mouth. And I keep hearing the stomach bug is going around and I'm literally on my hands and knees praying that I don't get it because I don't think I can handle it again. Um, What else is going around? RSV. I think maybe we passed RSV season. I'm not sure. He did have what I thought was croup several months ago, I think around the holidays. And it was so scary. If your kid has had croup before, it was the wildest thing. I was in my bed already sleeping. It was like 1030 at night. And I suddenly hear him and it sounded like he was choking in his crib, which was terrifying to me. Like I have never heard him make sounds like that. And I get him out. And then I thought he was throwing up actually the way that like his body was sort of like, I I don't know. He was just trying to catch his breath really hard. When I got him out of his crib, it took him so long to like get his breath back to normal. It was terrifying. I looked at my husband. I was like, I think we have to call an ambulance. Like, I don't know. So that brings me to my next point, which is that I am just a mess when my son is sick. Not like crippling anxiety, but every time, I don't know. I always wonder, is there something bigger wrong with him? Is it really just a cold or is there something like wrong with him do you know what I mean and then I always have anxiety too about fevers we've had so many fevers now but somehow every fever he gets it's like my brain goes completely blank and I can never remember at what temperature we're supposed to give medicine at what temperature you have to like go to the ER I don't know why my my brain blanks every time every time I like have to get on google or ask a girlfriend I don't know And then that's the whole other thing now, right? When we were little, our parents would treat fevers like right away, like cold compresses and medicine, like immediately. Like I bet you by 100 degrees, we already had medicine in our bodies. Nowadays, in this modern world where everything is constantly changing, 
we're now told that fevers are a good thing and fevers like help heal whatever infection or virus is going through our child's body and that it's great to have a fever and to let the fever run its course on its own and not interfere with medicine. But then I'm like, okay, cool. Like I want to do that. And then I get anxious because I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, but we're at 102, 103. Like, should I be giving him medicine now? Should I let it ride? And then like, I will talk to, you know, my parents or my in-laws who still have like the, the old school method of thinking. And they're like, oh my God, it's at it's at 102, like he needs medicine. And then I'm like, oh my God, should I be giving him medicine? And then I'm just a hot mess. And I can't tell you how many times I message the doctor. I'm so grateful we have these like messaging apps now where we can reach a doctor or a nurse like within a few hours. And I take full advantage of that. Let me tell you, they probably hate me, but I'm sure so many moms are like this, especially the first few times their kids are sick. And you have to think about it too. It's like there are so many childhood little illnesses that they come down with. So you have to like get through each one one time to really know like the symptoms and the remedies and what to do and when to go to the doctor, when to just sit at home because there's nothing the doctor can do, you know. It's like you have to get through every possible thing and then maybe it's easier to be home with a sick kid because you know that they're going to be okay like you know the symptoms and what you can do to alleviate them but every new illness he's had I'm a frantic mess googling everything because I don't know I've never been here so I just I always feel so unconfident I always feel like a brand new mom every time he's sick like that I have no idea what I'm doing and I suddenly lose like all confidence in myself and my abilities to be his mother and care for him properly so anyways so around 103 is when I always end up giving him medicine And this time, it got up to 105.3, like, so fast. It just spiked like crazy. And it freaked me out. And uh, as soon as we administered the medicine, like, he was fine. Within, like, 20 minutes, it went back down to, like, 100, 101. It was crazy how fast it spiked and how fast it came back down. But, oh, man. And and it's so hard, too, if you're you're a stay-at-home mom, God bless you because literally you're going to probably be with your child all by yourself handling it and your partner is at work or gone. And that's so hard. So I commend you. My husband and I both work from home. So even if one of us takes the day, the other one can kind of like help out here and there and like grab something or run to the pharmacy, things like that. But this past week, my husband had like all of his um, sales team members in town and had their annual sales meeting. So Monday through Wednesday, he was not available and had dinners after work as well. So I was on mom duty with a sick child. And if you're a working mom, it's really stressful because you are taking that time off work. And either you don't have a ton of PTO or You could technically take PTO, but you have deadlines and things that still have to get done. So you are just stressed to the max and trying to care for your sick kid, trying to work. You feel like you're not giving either one 100%, which is so stressful. And there's so much guilt that comes with that. 
and you are just worn out because the days are so long and yeah so that's kind of where I was last week and then I hit a a breaking point that Friday and literally cried in a parking lot in the car by myself because not only was my son sick but then like we it, it went back and forth between him being super super cute and sweet and snuggly and then being a very bossy and demanding toddler and I just felt weirdly like unappreciated and I felt like my husband didn't thank me enough for everything I did. <laughs> He's like, what do you want? A cookie? Like, you're his mom. Like, this is your job. And I'm like, I get it. But, and it's not your fault that you had a sales thing and you couldn't, you couldn't be here. But I don't know. It's like, I just wanted a little bit more acknowledgement. Like, I literally canceled my entire week, pretty much. Personal stuff and work stuff. And It was just exhausting. And no, I don't want a cookie or a medal. I just wanted a little bit more like appreciation, I guess, from him, you know? And then what was just so hard too is that, you know, when they're sick, they really just want their mom. So even if your husband or partner is willing to help, your kid doesn't really give them the opportunity. So the rest of the week, I'd really hope that my husband would do the bulk of bedtime. Like we we do bedtime together, but the part of just like, laying next to him, rubbing his back, all of that. But no, of course, my son just wanted me. So, I mean, my days were not ending until like 8.30 or 9. And then I'm eating and I'm falling into bed exhausted. And I had like zero of my usual self-care time. So I just, yeah, I just kind of lost it. And I was really snippy with my husband. We kind of got into it. And it was just a rough week. I don't know. So, you know, if you're if you're in that right now, just I'm sending you all of my love because it is hard. Yes, it is our job to take care of our kids when they're sick and to take care of them, period. But that doesn't mean that we're not allowed to talk about it being hard or stressful or wanting a break or wanting just a breather and letting them do bedtime or whatever it is to help. So it's hard. Like it's really hard and I only have one and I hear from so many of you guys on Instagram that your entire household is sick or both of or three of your kids are sick and I don't know how you do it I really don't like you deserve a week-long spa trip after that seriously it's it's insane taking care of a sick child and then also being sick yourself that is so hard okay so jumping back to fevers really quickly When my son was born, the thermometer that was recommended to me was the one from Frida, Frida Baby, and it's a very small rectal thermometer. It's like, it's really soft and like silicone and um, it only goes in so far. So like as the parent, you can't accidentally push it in too far. You know what I mean? And it's a very quick read because, you know, it is invasive and so you want it to be fast. So that's what we used for the longest time. And then as he got a little bit older, we got, well, I would have ordered a much more expensive, fancier touchless thermometer, but my husband decided to be the one to order it. And he bought just this cheap piece of shit. And maybe all touchless thermometers are garbage. Ours definitely is because you can do 
multiple readings in a row and they all have completely different results and readings. So dumb. So if you're wondering, the rectal readings are the most accurate because it's literally the inside of your body. So when his temperature gets really high on the touch list, because I do start with the touch list. I, I do not enjoy putting something in his butt, nor do I want to do it multiple times because it aggravates him. I don't like doing it. It feels invasive. I, you know, it's, it's definitely not my preference. But when the touchless one is all over the place and it's high, then, and he feels really hot, then I always check it with the rectal before administering the medicine just to get a true, like, very accurate reading. I'll link the one that, that we use because I think it's fantastic. I'll leave that in the show notes. But then the other thing is, for the longest time, he would not take liquid medicine no matter what we tried, right? Like I know they make those like pacifiers that you put it in through or I would try it like mixed with juice or a popsicle or we tried all the things. It doesn't work. He would literally gag himself to the point of nearly throwing up all the medicine, which is so, it's just so weird because he takes a thyroid pill every night and it's an actual pill and he just chews it up like it's candy. It's so bizarre, but then he won't take the liquid. So For the longest time, we have been using suppository. So it's this very small medicine that just slides up in his butt. And so I am telling you this in case you're in the same boat where your child won't take the liquid medicine. And I guess suppositories also work a lot faster. So we use one called Fever All. You can find it at your local pharmacy if you're here in the U.S. It works really well. So that's what we've been using. And... Then this time around, I was like, oh my gosh, wait, do they make chewables? So my husband went and found like chewable Motrin and he thought that was candy. So that worked. So hopefully no more suppositories for us. But if, you know, if your baby is younger or you just have a toddler that will not drink the liquid medicine, then definitely, you know, talk to your doctor about the suppositories and I highly recommend them. But again, I am not a healthcare professional, so please don't just take my advice. So yeah, it's not fun doing a rectal reading, but sometimes I do think that it's necessary. And then, you know, the biggest sick day remedies is just making sure they're hydrated. Popsicles are your best friend. They make Pedialyte popsicles too, so that they can, you know, replenish those electrolytes. My son doesn't really like them. I tried it. It's not very good, but we get um, these awesome sugar-free popsicles that he really enjoys so we just eat a lot of popsicles this is like maybe a dumb tip but toddlers are very messy and it's not fun to give them a popsicle inside so we have always cut it into small pieces and then he eats it with a spoon so just like a little mom hack pro tip this is what we do we put it in a bowl and then he just scoops it up or I feed it to him if your child does have croup which can be very scary I got so much advice, such an influx of messages on Instagram when I was talking about thinking that my son has croup. And so I'm just going to put this out there. If your son is having that weird like barking cough where it could be croup and like has a hard time breathing, first of all, you want to look at their chest too to make sure that, I don't know, it kind of like looks like it's collapsing 
there's a word for it. I can't think of it right now. You can Google it and see what that type of breathing is called. It's like a strained type of breathing. Oh, Strider. It's called Strider. Google that. Even if your kid isn't sick right now, so you know what to look for one day because it's like their chest moves weird where you can see they're really trying hard to breathe. So that could be more of like an emergency scenario where you do need to run to the ER. But if he is struggling, then the recommendation is if it's cold where you are, bring them outside right away into the cold or put them in front of like the freezer or turn on, you know, the water in the shower really hot and let them sit in the steamy room. And that usually will kind of help you get through an episode of that. Um, And then obviously reach out to your doctor and get professional advice. But I'm just, I'm thinking of some of like the sick day remedies that might be helpful. But yeah, the most important things are keeping your kids super hydrated. And once you start to notice, whether it's like fever or any other sickness, it's like you, I've learned now with fever, it's not even so much the temperature unless it gets over like 105, right? It's more so looking at their demeanor and how they are. Like, are they super, super lethargic where like you can tickle them or mess with them and they just have no response, like then it might be time to go see your doctor or even go to the emergency department. If they're completely dehydrated and like their lips are are insanely dry, I don't know. There are all kinds of signs. So it's not just the temperature though. It's also like your child's demeanor. I mean, it's normal for them to be lethargic and sluggish when they have a fever, but it's like there are some other signs to look for. So, so anywho, I wanted this to just be a very casual episode. I just wanted to touch on this topic because I was just deep in it last week and I always feel stressed out when I'm in it. I'm also always anxious. Maybe it sounds selfish, but I already get anxious about like, oh my gosh, am I going to get this too? Maybe that sounds so selfish, but it's just not fun. It's not fun to catch what your child has. And it's, at least for us, that first year, it was always me because he always just wanted to be with mommy. Daddy was not allowed to be near him when he was sick. So he is breathing, coughing, and sneezing directly into my face, which is why I always got sick. And my husband did not once get sick. It is literally mind-blowing to me. I am like, what kind of weird unicorn creature are you? He didn't get COVID. He didn't get anything. No stomach bugs, which I hear are like super contagious, right? Nothing. Nothing. It's crazy. So anyways, last year was hard. This year so far is a lot better. And like I said, if you're in the thick of that first year, I'm sending you all of my love. Take lots of vitamins and immune boosting supplements and food and do all the things. It probably won't help, but it also can't hurt, right? (laughs) And if you're listening to this and you're actually home with a sick kid, oh, I feel you. I'm sorry. You will get through it, I promise. But yes, it is so hard. And I see you. I feel you. All of us moms listening feel you. It's hard. It's so hard. Thank you for listening to this short and casual episode today. It would mean the world to me if you would scroll down on my podcast page and hit the stars. If you're enjoying it, leave a five-star rating or leave a short blurb of a review. That way more moms 
can find this podcast, which would make me very happy. I hope that your kids stay healthy and that you stay healthy. And if they're sick, I hope you can maintain your sanity. Thanks for tuning in. For more, follow along on Instagram at mybestmomfriend. I'll see you again next time.